Hilchis Talmud Torah, the laws of of studying Torah. Yesh Bechol Hashem, I say they have two positive mitzvahs, Vizer Prat, and these are their details. Aleph, Lil Mid Torah, to study Torah, which includes teaching Torah to your child. Bez, Lachabed Amdeo Vedeo, to honor those who study and know it. Will be your stay, Mitzvah, the explanation of these two mitzvahs is in the following Prakam. Halacha Aleph. Nashim, women of Avadam and Slayers, Uktam and minors, Peturim and Tamad Torah are not obligated in studying Torah. Avakatan, but a minor of Avchayav Lamed Torah, his father has an obligation to teach him Torah. Shinem, as it says, You should teach him to your children to speak about them. A woman is not obligated in teaching her child Torah, although she may be obligated perhaps in training him in doing mitzvahs, but not in the academic study of Torah. Whoever has an obligation to study Torah, Chayav Lamed has an obligation to teach Torah. And since a woman that has no obligation to study, she has no obligation to teach. Base. Just like a person has an obligation to teach Torah to his son, he must also teach Torah to the son of his son. The son of your daughter may or may not be included in this. As it says, You should make them known to your children, and the children of your children. Not just your son or grandchildren alone is your obligation to teach Torah to. It's an obligation on every single scholar among the Jewish people to teach all the students. Even though they're not biological children. The says, You shall teach them to your children. By all tradition we have learned, when it says your children, means all students. Because students are called children. The Pasuk says, The students of the prophets went out, and over there they were not biological children, they were the students. In Cain, if that's the case, that the obligation is to all Jewish people. Why is there a special obligation to your biological descendants? To tell you that your child precedes your grandchild, and your grandchild precedes anybody else. Halacha Gimel, another ob- difference between the obligation to teach your own child and, and the child of another is that you must be willing to pay money for your own child, but not for another. Halacha Gimel. You're obligated to hire a teacher if necessary to teach your child You're not obligated to hire somebody uh, for your child unless it's free. So you're only obligated to teach, someone, to teach someone else's child if it will not cost you. Someone whose father did not teach him Torah, he's obligated to teach himself. Once he becomes old enough to understand its importance, and this may be suggesting that even if he's not yet bar mitzvah, the obligation still falls upon him to learn Torah once he knows and appreciates its value, as suggested by the Tzemach Shanam the Pasuk says, You shall study them, you shall be careful to, to, to do them. Similarly, you find in every situation, Talmud takes precedence over, over action. Because the study ultimately will bring to action as well. But the action will not necessarily bring to study. Halacha Dalit. Halacha Dalit. If he wanted to study Torah, he has a son who also needs to study, and he can't hire a teacher for both, he can't afford it, he takes precedence over his son. If his son is a more deeper understander and creative thinker and who will grasp the lessons much better than him, then his son takes precedence. This is all talking about a much higher level of advancement in terror study, far beyond the basic level. That's where the question of who takes priority over who comes in. Even though his son takes precedence at this higher advanced level, he still should not uh, totally uh, 
Shirk's obligation to learn Torah. Just like he has an obligation to teach his son or ensure, ensure his son is taught Torah, so he has an obligation to teach himself. And even though in this situation only his son is able to uh, be the one who will have this higher level of academic Torah study, he has, still has the obligation to apply to himself the basic level of Torah study. A person should always study Teda, master the whole Teda, and afterwards, once he masters the whole Teda, get married. Because if he gets married first, his mind is not going to be available to learn Teda because he has an obligation to support his family. If Yitzhahara was overpowering him with inappropriate thoughts, so that his heart is anyways not available to learn Teda regardless of being single or married, then he should let him get married first. Then afterwards he can learn Torah certainly for the first two or three years before his financial obligations become much uh, become serious. Like it says in Alta B'Shochem Aruch. Halachavav me'amosech aviv chayav lelam b'Torah. At what point does the father become obligated to teach the child Torah? Obviously, on the day he's born, he can't learn Torah yet. She asks Ladaber when she begins to speak. Lamdish at that point she teach him Torah tivalanu Moshe u'shma Yisrael the psukim of Torah tivalanu Moshe u'shma Yisrael which are the fundamental principles of Torah being an inheritance. Belonging to every year and the principles of believing in one Hashem, even though the child at this point can't really understand them, but the fact that you're teaching it to him and he's saying it will impress the ideas upon his mind unconsciously. Of course, when he gets older, the father teaches him to, them to him again and he can actually understand them. Then he teaches him more and more, psukim, psukim, more and more psukim. To the point when he's six or seven year old, uh, he's six or seven years old, and depending on his health, at that point he brings him to a Torah teacher of children. If it was the custom of the locale that the person who teaches the children gets paid a salary, you give him a wage. The father has an obligation to pay a salary to teach his children Torah. Until they're able to, to read and understand the entire Tanakh. In a place where the custom is that a person teaches the written Torah, Tanakh, for a fee, and that's a, that, in that place you're allowed to teach and get a wage for it. But the oral Torah, it's forbidden to teach for a fee. You must teach it for free. So for free, not for a fee. Shenem Ratzvasik says, "See, I teach you today. I, I teach you." Says Moshe Rabbeinu, "Chukim mishpatim laws and mitzvahs. Kash etzivani Hashem, like Hashem commanded me. Hashem taught me for free. I teach you for free. Maani mechinam imalati, just like I learned for free. Afatel madam mechinam imani. So too you should, uh, just like I learned for free from Hashem." So, too, you learn for free from me. So, too, when you teach the future generations, Moshe says, do so for free, just like you learned for me, for free. Now, the fact that today we pay tuition in schools is technically for other services, for watching the kids, for other things that the school provides, and for compensation for the fact that the teacher could do something else to make a profit if he didn't teach, so we pay him to compensate for that. But technically speaking, the money is not for the actual learning of Teresh Peh. If a person cannot find anyone willing to teach him Teresh Peh for free, then he should be willing to, to pay for it to learn Teresh Peh, even though the teacher is doing the wrong thing by, teaching, by taking money. The Pasuk says, buy truth. You would think because that therefore you're allowed to teach others for, for a wage, since you paid to, to become a Talmud Chacham, you want to earn your money back by teaching others. The Pasuk says, don't sell it. 
We learn you're not allowed to teach teresh about peh for a wage. Even though your teacher charged you. Every Jewish male has an obligation to studying Torah. Whether he's poor or rich, whether he's healthy or physically ill, whether he's young, or he's very old and he's weak. Even if he's very poor, and relies on charity, handouts, begging door to door, even if he has a wife and kids, so he has to obviously dedicate time to support them and earn a living, he must set aside time. Established time to study Torah by Yehim every day during during daylight hours, Uvalila, and every night during nighttime hours. Shenem the pasuk says, you shall think about it." Yehim Uvalila day and night. Halacha test. Halacha test. Many great sages of the Jewish people, some of them are wood shoppers, to earn a living. Some were water carriers. Some were blind. Nevertheless, despite these technical and physical disabilities, they occupied themselves in Tamil day and night diligently. They were such great scholars that they are fundamental links in the chain that connect the Torah from Harsinai and Meshabenu to us today. Until when in a person's life is he obligated to study Torah, right? When do you graduate? Until the day he dies. In other words, never. The Pasuk says, Lest you remove it from your hearts all the days of your life. Any time or any day he's not learning Torah, he's by default forgetting, and therefore you have an obligation to learn Torah every single day of your life. A person has an obligation to divide his learning schedule in three parts. One third should be to study Tanakh. One third should be to study the Oral Torah, meaning halachic rulings that are not written clearly in the Chumash. And the final third, you should understand and comprehend all the depths of Torah in the following manner. Understanding the bottom line from its principal roots. Deriving one matter from another matter. Comparing one thing to another thing. Understanding the principles by which Torah is understood. What we call biblical interpretation. You point to where you understand the dynamics of the, of the principles of Torah. And how we derive from there that which is forbidden and permitted. And other types of matters that are learned by tradition from Talmud. This is what we call Talmud or Gemara. Kate said, what's an example of following this above-mentioned schedule? If a person was a professional, and he worked in his business three hours a day, and he studied, studied Torah for nine hours out of the twelve hours of the day, which is the appropriate schedule for a Yid in those times, perhaps today as well, those nine hours of Torah study, one-third, which is three hours, he should read the written Torah, Tanakh, and one third the old Torah, which is primarily halacha la'isa. And the, thir- the remaining third, the three hours, he should contemplate and understand. To understand one matter from another, the learning of Gemara. The words of Nevi'im and Ksuvim, it's considered the Torah Shabbat written Torah. So, so, so Torah Shabbat in this context does not just mean the Chumash, it means all Tanakh. Upedushan and the explanations of the Psukim of, of Nevi'im and Ksuvim, the Chal Torah Shabbat is included in the study of the old Torah. In that third, the things which are called the Kapardis, the first four chapters of the Rambam. 
which is the idea of learning the esoteric parts of Torah, Kabbalah, and Chassidus, that's included in the study of Gemara, in that third. When this is applied, in a person's beginning of his learning, in his early career, when he grows in wisdom, and it's not necessary for him anymore, nor to study constantly, because he knows that he has to do as a Jew, he should from time to time continue to review the Tanakh, and the Halacha Lamaisa, so you should not forget any part of the halacha he has to know. Or the Tanakh, and then his whole life will be available for primarily studying Gemara. According to his ambition, and his concentration abilities. So the primary aspect of the mitzvah of Talmud Torah per se is mainly, is mainly Gemara. For various reasons today, children are taught Gemara even before they're fluent in Tanakh and all the halachas they have to know in Shulchan Aruch. And one of the basic reasons is because during the times of the Gemara, the basic texts were not available very much. But today we have Sfarim. So therefore, kids are able to make themselves familiar with Tanakh and with Halacha Lamaisa while they're becoming fluent in Gemara. It's interesting to note that here it says that studying esoteric aspects of Teda, Pardes, is part of Gemara. And so it says in Altab Shokhanarach, but this, uh, in the Kutu Teda, the Alter Rebbe says that studying Pardes and the esoterics of Teda is part of the third which you dedicate to Mishnah, to Halacha Lamaisa. And Kutasich explains that it depends if you're learning esoteric aspects of Teda that are inspirational sound bites, like short, short sound bites, so to speak, what you call Chsidus Chagas, or you're learning Teda, the esoteric parts of Teda in depth as it ex- it's expressed in Chsidus Chabad. That would be more appropriate to include in learning Gemara, which is more of an in-depth type of study. And although the Rambam told us in the beginning of the, uh, the Rambam that a person should focus on learning the revealed parts of Torah and not so much the, the inner aspects of Torah, however, nowadays when we're expecting Mashiach momentarily to prepare ourselves for the time when we're all going to be familiar with the esoteric parts of Torah, and that's going to be the primary study of Torah, to Rosh Mashiach, we have to prepare ourselves appropriately by maximizing our abilities to learn Torah at that aspect as it's presented in Chassidus Chabad. Halacha Yud Gimel. If a woman studies Torah, she gets reward from Hashem. It's not the same reward as a man studying Torah. Because she's not technically obligated or commanded. When someone does something he's not obligated in doing, not commanded, the reward is not the same as someone who does the exact same thing, but they're commanded to do so. But it's lower than it somewhat. So this implies that studying Torah for a woman is a positive thing, even though she's not obligated, which is why she gets some reward. Says the Ram of although she gets some reward, which means it's positive. Our sages commanded us, a person should not teach the daughter Torah. Because majority of women, not all, but majority, their minds are not, are not uh, prepared for the type of thinking required of Torah study. And therefore, because of that, they take the words of Torah into idle matters if he knows that because of lack of understanding. The fact that Ramam says Nashim majority means that that it shouldn't be a standard ex- expectation universally like it is for boys. But if a father sees his daughter does have the ability, he should teach her Torah. Of course, needless to say, women have an obligation to know all the halachas and all the details of the halachas of the things they have to know as women, which includes much of Teresh Ba'al Peh, including all of the things that are relevant to the times when 
when there's a base of Migdash and Tumantara, which will hopefully be relevant to them very soon. They also have to know all the logical uh, uh, ideas behind them to know how to apply them properly. And they have to know, they have to, they, since they have a mitzvah of loving and fearing Hashem, they have to know all of Kabbalah and Chassidus because that's an obligation on women as well to know, to know, know Hashem exists, Hashem's oneness, and develop love and fear of, for Hashem. So the only question is about women studying abstract academic things like, for example, according to a certain opinion in the Mishnah that we don't paskin like, what would he say in this scenario? That's a purely academic Talmudary thing. The question about that is do women, do women have to learn that? And here the Rambam is saying that we're taught not to teach them. However, nowadays most Kedeli Yisrael agree that because women are regardless regardless of of, uh, of, of uh, the circumstance, they're anyways exposed to academic concepts. They no longer sit in the shtetl all day with their mother in the kitchen. If we're not going to teach them more Torah, then they're going to be exposed to non-negative things, and therefore teaching Torah to women has become the standard among most said continuing in the Ramam's theme about not teaching Torah to women unnecessarily, whoever teaches his daughter Torah, as if he taught her Tiflus, which can be translated in various ways, one of them is parables, it's like he's just telling her Bavamayas, so to speak. It can also be translated as romance or vanity. When do we say this? Regarding the oral Torah. He should not look at the teacher. If he does teach her, it's not like teaching her Tiflis. And therefore, according to the Rambam, it's uh, preferable to teach a girl uh, than it is to teach her Tereshabalpeh. So, teaching her Tereshabalpeh is, so to speak, worse than teaching her Tereshabalpeh is less of the two evils, so to speak. It's interesting to note in the tour, this is reversed. That it's preferable to teach her Tereshabalpeh more than it is to teach her <clears throat> which makes sense considering that the women have to know all their obligations and all their halachas, and all the things that women have to know to be firm yidin.